Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Pudner, and today I'm joined in the studio by Mel Moore, who's the Cornerstones author and curriculum director. Hi Mel. Hello, good morning. Right, now today we're talking about the importance of big ideas running throughout your curriculum. And here at Cornerstones, I know you've been busy in your team identifying 10 big ideas that are fundamental to our curriculum. And we're going to talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that today. So firstly, Mel, let's dive in there and ask, what are these 10 big ideas? Okay, so before we get to the what are they, in their grandest sense, really, the big ideas are larger global concepts that we want children to begin to understand and to begin to grow knowledge and experience of by the time they reach the end of uh, their, their primary education. In terms of how we've come to those big ideas, that was quite a, a big piece of work, a long exercise really, that you know, there's something which um, we've thought very hard and very deeply about. And the place that we started was to look at the national curriculum, to look at all of the subjects in the national mm-hmm. curriculum, and to begin to seek sort of common, larger concepts that were common to all subjects and that's not an easy task actually because the content of each of the uh, subjects quite clearly has been written by different silos I think of subject experts and I I wonder sometimes how much conversation there was between Mm. those different groups because as you know some have got a lot of content some have got very little content But actually, when you dig more deeply into the programmes of study and actually into the aims as well, because I think we tend to forget about the aims of the the programmes of study, some common themes and larger concepts do start to emerge. And Mm. and the process was about looking at those subjects more deeply and starting to pull out the common larger concepts and ideas within them. And that's the process that we went through. Yeah. Yeah to begin our journey in identifying those sort of key big ideas. And like you say, that was a hard task, wasn't it? Because some are more obvious, I can imagine, than others. You almost have to really step back and look at a subject. Say you've got humanity as a big idea. I know you're going to talk a bit more about them. Yeah. But it's looking for those in all the subjects. They are there, like you say. They are. And some of them are there and some that we found we didn't go for because we felt others were more important. And we don't want to have 20 big ideas or (laughs) we we want to have a, a reasonable number and we want to be able to choose the ones that are most appropriate and some like you say are very obvious so significance was one that kind of leaps out off the page in in many subjects and you'll be familiar with it in terms of historical significance so significant people significant events but also if you look at art and design and design technology one of the programs of study is for children to study significant artists, significant movements, significant designers. Yeah. So some things like that leap off the page mm. at you and you have to dig a little bit more deeply in other subjects to find that, but mm. it is there. So, for example, if you say, well, where is significance in the geography program of study? You have to think, well, the significance is significance of different places around the world or significant geographical events around the world. So yeah. it's about 
maybe looking at things with that lens uh, to find and identify what's yeah. the big idea, how it manifests in each of the different subjects. Right. Some of them are less obvious and less concrete. So, for example, creativity is sort of a lesser concrete mm. concept to identify because it's not our thing, but it is implicit in lots of different subjects. So in history, it might say create historical stories or narratives around historical event. Mm. In art and design, it might be more obvious because children are creating and making. Mm. But even in science, you know, it might not use the word creativity, but then you have to think more laterally about problem solving investigation, making connections, all of those are skills common to creative practice. Yes. So that's how we identify creativity in science, for example. And if you're interested in that and you're listening, you you may have heard of the big C, little C creativity. Mm -hmm. So there, that little C creativity, that creative thinking, and like Mel said, you know, thinking about problems and solving problems is a form of creativity Mm -hmm. and one that, that needs to be fostered. So Mel, where does the concept of big ideas actually fit into good practice on curriculum design? Okay, that's that's a a good question. I suppose the answer is they fit all the way through curriculum Mm. design. As I said at the beginning, we've set them out in curriculum intent. That's because they are the larger concepts that we want children to begin to understand. And it's the ambition of our curriculum, and we want to share that with schools using Cornerstones. These are the big ambitions. These are the big concepts that we want children to be able to begin to understand. So we set them out at the beginning and we make them very explicit in the intent stage because it gives our curriculum purpose. But also you would see those running through into the implementation of the curriculum. It refers to that in the um, the new inspection framework. Um, it does talk about larger concepts being part of the school's intent, mm. but it also makes reference to them being apparent in curriculum delivery. So if they are part of the intent of your curriculum, then you need to be able to articulate them. And you also need to be able to see evidence of that in the work that the children are doing and Mm. the children's understanding. And so then it follows that you would also see them in terms of impact. So you know, what, what do children actually understand about significance as a larger concept across yeah. multiple subjects? You know, what do children actually understand about the different processes in different subjects? So right throughout, I think, is the answer to the question. Yeah, and as you say, it has to be throughout mm. because that's what a successful curriculum is all about, isn't it? And that's what Ofsted in their framework have, have said, you know, as long as children have the if they're developing these concepts they need to see them happening yeah and for that understanding to build over time yes. and I know you're going to talk in a yeah. minute about how they thread through yeah. the entire curriculum so Mel and um, now I wonder if we could actually look at a big idea I noticed on on the table in front of you you've uh-huh. got a map of one of the big ideas humankind mm-hmm. and and it shows really clearly how it links and threads throughout all the mm-hmm. subjects i wonder if you wouldn't mind talking us through that yeah. so if we just start by thinking of the larger concept of humankind mm. why that is one of the big ideas and what that actually is and i should say that each of our big ideas or larger concepts each has its own 
quite detailed definition and our schools can find that on the new platform. So there's a very detailed definition and there's a very, uh, there's a much shorter definition which schools can share with children as well. So I think that's important. Oh, that's really Because nice. it's all yeah. right just having the word, yeah. but actually to explain and, and to give a definition to what that, what we intend um, yeah, that concept yeah. to, to cover almost. So humankind, I suppose, in the nutshell is about human behavior, the impact and the effect and the cause of human behavior. Um, but it also covers things like human belief, human relationships, safety, the body. Mm. It's quite broad, mm. as you would expect. Mm. You know, what does it mean to be human and the experiences and the just the notion of being human? What does it mean? And so what we did from that definition is we then looked at the subjects where that was very relevant and I would say that the big idea is we haven't shoehorned those into subjects where they don't appear at yeah. all but what's quite interesting is and that this will come up in this example when we look at humankind is quite often it doesn't matter because you look at humankind through so many different subject lenses that actually there are no gaps in the learning or understanding mm. So one example, I'll go through that now, in humankind is, or I should ask you, would you expect to see some aspect of humanity, the human body, you know, human behaviour, cause and effect in a subject such as PE? Well, yeah. Well, you would. Yeah. But actually, it's not there in the programmes of study, which seems like quite an omission. But then actually, when we've broken it down, the human body, the impact, the healthy lifestyle, health and mm. fitness is taught through the science curriculum and it's also taught through the PSHE yeah, curriculum yeah, so happily. actually it's not a gap it doesn't become a gap in children's understanding because they study it and they experience it and they grow their knowledge and skills through those other two subjects yeah. so you don't have to shoehorn it into a subject when it isn't there no if you can understand what I yeah, mean by saying I that I can and I also can think that if you're a child and you're doing PE and learning about PE you're understanding Understanding of humankind through those other subjects is it, you're still doing that in PE. You're yeah. applying your knowledge yeah. and your understanding yeah. in PE, even if it's not necessarily stipulated in a, the curriculum. a lesson or an activity. No. It doesn't need to be no, that no. because when you've learned about you know heart rate and taking your pulse and Healthy. that exercise is good for mm -hmm. you and keeping fit is good for you, and yeah. then you can apply that and you can make those links and connections into what you're learning in PE and why yeah. it's important. Likewise, you know, if you're learning about healthy lifestyle and healthy diet mm. in PSHE, mm. then again, you're making another connection. Exactly. And there you're making a connection across three subjects, PE, PSHE and science. Yeah. So then you start, children start building these multidimensional webs mm. in which they can build on existing knowledge. Exactly without having to do pointless activities yeah. just because you think it's a, a gap. It isn't a gap. No, it, it develops over time. Yeah. It's a schemata. It's, yeah. It, yeah, I can see that. So, as I say, let's go back to the map I've got in front of me. And yes, people can download this if they want to. I think you'll put a link to that. So, for example, in... Um, Shall I, I'm going to ask you, actually. I'm going, oh, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> in terms of art and design, what you know, what sort of things would you expect to see in in terms of humankind? Um, maybe the human emotions uh, brought out through yep. art, artworks, how they convey. So something like that. Yeah, and we've got that. We've got expression, um, but also looking at the human form. 
of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, portraiture, so looking at face, looking at expression, like you say, and feeling and mood. So, you know, having feelings and emotions, figure drawing, but also in terms of cultural art. Of so, course, yeah. you know, the great societies, great cultures, looking at Greek art or Roman art mm. or Inuit art, mm. you know, which we've just been doing some work on. But then, you know, if you take a, an aspect such as human form, so we might look at human form in art and design, but we'd also look at that in terms of science, the biology of the body and the senses, yeah. feelings, the body hormones, and also in geography we might look at the impact of man on the natural environment or we might look at human features and how people use human features within a landscape and how human behavior affects the landscape so all of that big idea breaks down into subjects into smaller aspects mm. but the aspects also have a commonality across the different subjects as well so all the time you're building this interconnected multi-dimensional yeah. almost four-dimensional curriculum mm. that continues to reinforce mm. and revisit these larger concepts I see and I think I've heard you say it's a bit like the big ideas are seen through different subject lenses mm -hmm. which is a nice way of putting it I think because Meanwhile, you are developing the disciplines of those individual subjects, of course, which is what you of mean course. by multidimensional. Yeah. You're still making progress within, say, art and design. But that big idea of humanity is within that. It's not airy-fairy. It's grounded in substance. So the other piece of work that we've done is we've then matched the big ideas, the subject aspects or the specific aspects of the subjects to the programmes of study and we've matched them to skills and we've matched them to knowledge. So the, the big ideas sit almost at the head of the table. Yeah. But then around that table, you've also got all the, the really key knowledge and the skills and the aspects and the programs of study. So everything is intricately interconnected yeah. and what's really helped us to do that and to manage that and to check that is the use of technology so what we've been able to do with our new curriculum platform is build it so that if for example you're a teacher in year three and you want to see how humankind is taught through each subject which programs of study it covers what key knowledge you need mm. to know you are able to now do that at the click of a button and that's something that even two years ago we weren't able to do that with the curriculum but technology and functionality is now helping us to help teachers and schools have that better strategic overview of how everything is interconnected that's wonderful because yeah you can literally see humankind being taught where is it being taught why uh, is it being taught exactly. what's it helping children to do so yeah. that would be the skills and the knowledge yeah. rather than collecting in tons of folders looking online it, it's yeah it's making it much much quicker mm -hmm. And what about children's learning? Because I know, you know, there's obviously a lot about this at the moment, about children retaining knowledge over time. The fact that learning is retaining in the long term knowledge and the ability to transfer it to new contexts. So this feeds in very well into the, mm. the big ideas. So what are the benefits there? 
Well, pretty much exactly what you just said it very <laughs> articulately. Okay, well, li- we'll li- leave that point there. <laughs> no, I suppose just to reinforce it, I, again, it is about that interconnected web mm. where children can revisit larger concepts and aspects of subjects over time in a very well-sequenced way. And as we mentioned, being able to see things through different subject lenses to gain a broader and wider and deeper understanding of whichever big idea it is. Mm. I think as well they get progressively deeper over they do. time. They do. So for example, you're introducing these big ideas and early conceptual knowledge, but over time if you can develop a child's schemata of say humanity, yeah. then they can see it in different contexts, yeah. then their web of knowledge grows, their their yeah. understanding grows, and then I think children are more likely to be able to encounter from a teacher a new new piece of knowledge or that will stretch them but they can link it in some so way they can ground it in something yeah. that's gone before and it, it's interesting actually you're saying that and talk, thinking about humankind it just occurred to me there as we were talking i'm thinking about the notion of power which comes within the human behavior aspect of humankind and here is a, a thread for example in year one in our curriculum children are introduced to the the concept of power by looking at the royal family, mm. sovereignty, uh, what it means to be royal, royal duty, royal responsibility. And then throughout, let's say in year three, they might begin to look at power through tribal, in a tribal sense when they're studying Iron Age, Bronze Age and looking at the rulers and leaders. Yeah. And then I know in year six, we're just developing a new project, which is about conflict and power. Mm. So it's what you were saying about going to those very deep concepts and understanding of human behaviour and power and how it affects people. Yes. But that started in a simple, in way. a very simple yeah. way and progresses throughout the curriculum yeah, until... You know, years five and six, you're looking at those concepts in in a much more deep manner. Yes. But they've always got something to build that upon. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. it does. And, and it's actually, I spoke to Matthew Purvis from Ofsted yesterday and he, he spoke about how inspectors will want to talk to children so they may well get children from year one year three year six Mm. in and talk about something like what they've learned in terms of you know an aspect not just for us it's for you for your for your curriculum and your children's understanding of concepts growing yeah and it's also well remember when we looked at tribal rule and you know actually how that caused war between different tribes and and what happened there on a smaller scale and then you know, looking at it through mm-hmm. world war and conflict. So it it's also about scale as well as depth of understanding. Of course, yeah, it gets wider. And I know because I've got a, a child at secondary and I know that she in history is talking about why people are doing it and the power struggles. So if you've already got that built in, in during primary, then children can encounter all sorts of periods mm. of time. And of course, what's going on in Britain and Europe now mm. is uh, relevant. Yeah. And they, they've got more understanding of those concepts and I should say I mean I've given you three examples there but what we've tried to do is we've tried to put it into every aspect into every year group so even I've given you three examples of looking at hierarchy and power so it's in year two and yeah it would also come throughout other year groups as well yeah Okay, so yeah, I'm thinking there are pitfalls, aren't there? I've I've talked to lots of people about trying to connect 
curriculum and in mm. the past people have tried to connect yeah. lots of different things and it, it can become a minefield if you're trying to connect your curriculum in this way what are the things to remember well I think the important thing for us was although we believe in our big ideas and actually you know we've got something that we really believe in and we really believe is relevant the place that we started was the national curriculum and we looked at the subjects very carefully and like I said right at the beginning we unpicked the subjects very carefully and we said what is being taught what do children need to know what do they need to understand and they helped us build our big ideas and then we went back and linked all the programs to study and all the aspects yeah. so that gives it gravitas that makes sure that the big ideas are there but they are a vehicle to make meaningful connections across the curriculum and progression and children. progression yeah. you know it's really rooted in substance so it is about making sure that you are very carefully making sure that you are teaching what is meaningful what is relevant and that you're not just making connections for connections sake. it actually has a purpose it has intent yes and as we said earlier that's the way children learn best anyways not through disconnected sets of facts we're not talking mm. about children just retaining bags of facts we're talking about them adding knowledge to an existing understanding conceptual understanding and this is it is very deep work but if you've done it like you've done it already with mm. the cornerstones curriculum and you've got that at mm. your heart of your curriculum then you can be confident yeah. you know when you're teaching and believe me it's no easy task mm. and i'm talking about two three <laughs> years worth of work to get to this point yeah. And as you know, we're just in the process of creating a new uh, capsule curriculum for 2020. And within that, these connections, these concepts are even more tightly knit together. It's much more streamlined. Um, but believe me, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, you cannot underestimate how much time an effort it it's takes. It's like a tapestry, isn't it? It you is a tapestry. To... And more than that, it has to be right. Yeah, It has to be right and you have to make sure, like you said, that you are allowing children to build on knowledge and progress throughout the subjects of the curriculum mm. in a really meaningful, cohesive manner. Yeah. And yes, it is a it is a very satisfying but a very, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, big task for schools. Yeah. Within the big ideas, you can still be very personal to your school, can't you? Even though they're rooted in the curriculum. We can. And in our beta testing group at the moment, we've got some, for example, church schools who want to have faith as one of their big ideas. Yeah. Well, we, we would say that sits within humankind because it's about human behaviour, human belief. But like I said, the, the functionality and the technology that we have will enable you to pull that out of your curriculum and make that even more relevant for your school. So it's a really good mix of there's content there. There's really, really good, strong content there if you want it. If you want to adapt it, you can. If you mm -hmm. want to make it more bespoke, you can. You know, if, for example, you're a school that does a lot of eco work, a lot of forest school work, you might really want to focus on the big idea of nature and, and place maximize and maximise that. that or really, really pull that out of mm -hmm. the curriculum. But as I say, the technology 
now is enabling schools to be able to do that so much more easily than before with before we had that kind of technology and functionality to use yeah that's fantastic it is completely adaptable flexible and very easily made uh, bespoke Mm. to to any school which is what we always want from from the curriculum don't we? we want schools using cornerstones to know that it can be adopted by them and tweaked and brought to life in mm-hmm. so many wonderful ways which mm-hmm. we see already but with the technology of uh, the online curriculum even more now yeah so listeners um, we've come to the end of the podcast now where can listeners find out more mel about the big ideas and also about the the online platform mm-hmm. There are uh, videos and blogs also on the new platform if people want to read more about it. Schools who don't use Cornerstones, who want to find out more, we can do a 15-minute online demonstration of the big ideas and all of the technology and functionality around curriculum design. And obviously that's completely free of charge and it will take 15 minutes. And that's talking directly with Talking directly with one Mm -hmm. of of our teachers and they'll be able to go through all of that with you and give you some ideas and show you um, the tools and the functionality that we've got to build it into your own curriculum. That's good because some heads might want to say, well, we're going to focus on this. How can it help us Mm -hmm. do that? So it's a a two-way thing. Yeah, of course. Okay, well, thanks ever so much, Mel. And thank you again, the listener, for joining us. We're absolutely humbled by the growth in the audience for this podcast which is incredible so thank you so much for subscribing and do spread the word amongst colleagues it's always available on our website and we're aiming to get out a lot more podcasts each month bringing you news tips and other themes in the education world so thank you again the listeners and we'll see you next time bye for now